When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to an emergency edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I don't know if it's an actual emergency, but uh, Steve Haller here with me as always, Christian DeGuzman. We, uh, we as Syracuse fans have officially lost two coordinators in 24 hours. Well, actually it was probably about eight hours. It was eight hours. Uh, so It was eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, figured we'd, uh, we'd pop on quick. I'm sure we'll elaborate more on Sunday with Pregler, but... Uh, and we'll probably know more information by then as to how things are shaking out a little. But um, Christian, initial thoughts on losing Beck to or losing Anae to North Carolina State and losing Tony White to Nebraska? Uh, not great. Um, <laughs> given by our comments section, fans seem to agree also that the consensus is, uh, well, not what you would have liked. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely um, suboptimal for. For various reasons, but uh, losing oh, both for a of, multitude of reasons, yeah, losing both of your coordinators that rapidly is not exactly where you want to be uh, heading. What into happened the last time we lost coordinators, both coordinators, and had to replace them in yeah, a uh, yeah. off season? Not great, Bob. Not great. Yeah, what followed was the 2020 season, mm-hmm. and although we did get 20, Tony White from that, he alone could not save that season. Right. So and now we and now we no longer have Tony White. <laughs> right. And I mean the t- I guess let's let's start with the Tony White thing cuz that broke first. White mm-hmm. White leaving, I feel like I feel like anyone who had a pulse on college football or had a pulse on the the greater look at the landscape uh knew this was inevitable that at some point Tony White was going to be gone. I I don't know if anybody thought it was going to be this quick. Um but a DC to DC move uh, I guess if that's going to happen, that that's what makes sense being quicker rather than uh, I, I don't think anyone was grabbing him to be a head coach quick, but um, him him taking a what what amazingly some people in the comment section are calling a lateral move, which is definitively not, um, and we can break down why it's not a lateral move, uh, mostly with dollar signs, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, is there is there anything that you're or any reasons why you're really surprised he took this Nebraska gig? Excuse me. Um, if, if he was going to take another D.C. job, it was going to be to an SEC school or a Big Ten school or 
if the UCLA job somehow opened up to go back and coach at his alma mater, he would right. have uh, taken that as well, probably. Um, so, like, D.C. to D.C. is, while it's disappointing, it's not out of the question, unexpected. And you could also honestly say the same thing for head coach at pretty much any position in Division One FBS school. Yeah. If he took a head coaching job at a Division One FBS school somewhere, I think he would have uh, said, well, yeah, that's, that move makes sense. And like you said, Steve, like while Syracuse fans have the right to be disappointed about Tony White leaving, it's not a disappointing move because it's a move that doesn't – that is, as Andy pointed out, and it's something I'm probably going to write over the weekend, um, is a signal of the times that – puts where Syracuse is right now yeah it kind of it does help to find the pecking order because um if if he had left and we'll talk about someone who did make a relatively lateral move uh next but I have some thoughts thoughts on why that was or um you know why it could be no, but I, I agree with that as well yeah um but but for white who's someone who's young who's looking to climb the coaching ladder is there any reason for him to turn this down to make probably a million more a year like uh, why wouldn't you if you if you as a professional were given an opportunity to more than double your salary or double uh, again figures aren't out or anything but we can only assume double your salary by making a move to do the same thing in a different town it seems and, like an and the fact of the and the fact of the matter is is that as new rights deals withstanding, right now the Big Ten gets more eyes on it than the ACC. Yeah. Even even lesser programs who haven't done well, see Nebraska and Northwestern, still get talked about a whole bunch Yep. Um, in the football landscape just because they're in the Big Ten. Right, and Nebraska's and, in the process of throwing a boatload of money to resurrect their brand that... Uh, exactly. I don't even know if in your uh, life, like, I... No, in my lifetime, Nebraska had Taylor Martinez, and that was the last remnants of a Nebraska brand that I remember. Okay. <laughs> and so, it, that, it wasn't that much of a brand to begin with, with Taylor right. Martinez. Yeah, so they're they're throwing, throwing oodles and boodles of money at uh, mm -hmm. everything to try and make football relevant again, because right now it's not, and why not take advantage of it? Well, especially because that that basically Midwest area immediately to the left of the Mississippi area in terms of football and in the northern more parts of that area is up for grabs in terms of a power structure. Right. So right now Nebraska has to take that kind of geographic area location and make it theirs. Now, uh, we did get uh, Mike, Mike in the chat uh, brought up the uh, a point that a bunch of people have kind of thought about of does does his style and does his fit of the 335 actually work in the Big Ten? And I know I know there's questions out there about it. If he can recruit, yes, because if you and it's got to it's because I, th I think it works as long as you get. Big guys up front and fast guys at linebackers. Yeah. Because that's what makes the 3-3-5 work. Big guys to take up the space and then fast guys at linebackers to uh, take control of said space. And 
if you can do that, and even though Nebraska is having a down period in its program history, it's still Big Ten Nebraska football. Right. And the recruits are still going to want the chance to play there. And there are plenty of guys who are going to want to join that program. Um, and I don't, I think Tony White can get the recruits for that. Right. And even then, I mean, even, even without a full recruiting off season, what they have personnel wise on their squad guaranteed is a higher baseline than what Syracuse was working with. It may not be tailored to what white wants to do, but also the beauty of the transfer portal is if you have a, you know, uh, a decent sized athletic um, edge that isn't quite a true, you know, five, six technique and wants to, can work in between in that kind of tweener size for a D lineman, come and come and hang out because they only need the one hog in the middle and then some, you know, probably beefier than what Syracuse had, but uh, smaller than your average D tackles at the other two quote unquote D tackle or DN spots. And look how well Syracuse picked up the three three five in its first year. Yeah, under Tony White. So, I mean, who's to say that that can't happen at the Big Ten level either? Right. So that's. I mean, I guess where does that? Uh, we'll we'll take the natural progression. Where does that lead us or leave us as Syracuse as to what we're doing? It's come out that Nick well, Monroe that, is the yes. current deputized interim dc mm-hmm. so he'll be the he'll be the dc for the pinstripe bowl that whether he stays the dc remains to be seen and this this now brings up an interesting conundrum because because as we've already alluded to about a three three five was an exciting defense maybe just the way that syracuse recruits and also be based on the personnel that syracuse has available at the school is the 335 right now and even in the future the best system for Syracuse like so are the real question is are you going to find a DC that's going to keep the 335 right and I personally and I know well you're you've probably been sick of it over the years of Andy and I waxing poetic about how it fits and how how well for a school that can that gets that gets over recruited can take the scraps and fit it into a system like the three three five. Um, I think it will, but I, I think it's something we should continue with or progress towards, or a similar system that takes advantage of more of your athletes than your giant hogs in the middle taking up space, um, just for who we can recruit. You know, we're not going to see a 300-pound, extremely athletic nose tackle walking through the door every week. A school like Nebraska or a school like any of the, you know, Clemson's, Florida State's, Miami's could grab somebody like that, no problem. Getting them to come to Q's, a little bit tougher between the facilities, between the location, between everything under the sun that we've talked about ad nauseum. Exactly, and and that probably what makes a 335 so enticing is that it gives the athletes in the linebacker room and the defensive back room, particularly the safety rooms, the freedom to potentially make those type of plays. Yeah, and that, well, again, prognosticating on the future, 
you know, with the transfer portal open, how many people do we see flying out the door? How many people do we see coming in if we bring in a new DC? What, the landscape right now, I mean, we don't have any experience with it because the portal only opened last year in, in its current iteration. So what, and, where yeah, do we go? And the worst part about this with Syracuse as well is that they couldn't have chosen a worse class for two recruiters or two big recruiters in terms of your coordinators leaving because this recruiting class coming in is extremely thin compared to your past classes. Right. So I guess in that case, do you bring in, do you bring in a DC that's going to bring some people with them to bolster that class? It's tough because the answer has to be yes, in a sense, but it has to be like in the right positions as well. Right. Because if you're going to bring in a DC, you're just going to bring in just safeties. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Because you really don't need that. Right. No, it's I, it's a weird conundrum to be in, and it's a it's it's something I think Syracuse can recover from, but also it's a it's not an easy spot to be sitting in. Not not right now, especially especially because like sir, the the question of do you keep the three three five is the first question Syracuse needs to answer, and you need to answer that right. quickly because. It it was it's tough enough to learn a new offensive system. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of offensive systems, why don't we flip it over to the other side of the ball? Indeed. Because if you didn't know and you're listening, uh, not only did Tony White leave, but Robert and A has reportedly I don't know if it came out as official yet, but uh, no, no, nothing, nothing's been official yet. Yeah. Um, so it's come out that Anae is going to take the uh, OC job at North Carolina State. So the third ACC team in three years for Mr. Anae. Uh, the good thing is the report immediately followed that uh, Jason Beck would be elevated to offensive coordinator in on the Syracuse staff. So that can only that can only help things, I would assume, um, or if. If we were going to make an internal promotion, I would say the guy who's been running the same system that made our offense not look like a bag of hammers uh, kind of probably is the right move. I don't know. Generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the guy who made a quarterback that couldn't throw 10 yards able to throw the ball? With relative success, but that was you know. probably more so on the quarterback and less so on the coaching. Right. So that's, uh, I mean, we talked about we talked about Nebraska being an upgrade for White. Is NC State an upgrade for Anae, who's in a very different spot in his career than both Beck and White are? I don't think it's an upgrade for Anae. Like you said, I think it is a lateral move. Um, Brent Axe pointed out, uh, I think it was early this morning, that familial-wise, this does make sense for Anae. He's got three sons who are in North Carolina. Um, so like that makes sense for him. Yep. You know, that's probably, that probably had a definite motivating factor to it. Uh, so career wise, why I don't think it was a, I, why well, I do think it was a lateral move. It doesn't make sense. Right. And, and especially and with luck the... and luckily because there, there probably was going to be some concern that, you know, Beck might've left with an A like he's done 
the past two times Nene has moved on to another job. Yep. The fact that Syracuse not only reportedly has kept a held of Beck, uh, but is going to promote him to an offensive coordinator, I think, makes the hit of Nene leaving less severe than White. Yeah, the other thing that makes me think of is that this was a predetermined deal. Not necessarily that, you know, Ana was going to go this year, but uh, when when Ana decided he wanted to head back, quote-unquote, home, uh, like you're saying, that, hey, uh, you're do this and also promote Ana because that, or promote back, because mm-hmm. that news came out f- fresh on the heels. Like, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like uh, Ana signed with NC State and then there's, like, a two-day lag and, oh, yeah, we kept back. It was, yeah, he's gone, like but hey. Have with- it's not like what we have with defensive coordinator right, right now, where we don't know if Nick Monroe is going to be the permanent DC. Right. Yeah. There's no interim tag on anything that's being reported. It's that Beck will be the offensive coordinator. So uh, I I think I think there might have been a lot more behind the scenes of maybe Ana was like, hey, I want to go. I, I want, I'm I'm gonna head head back down there or do something like this. We'll give you a year to set this up, and then I'll head back south. Or something along those lines, you know. Um, which, hey, more power to him. And and A and Beck have been together for long enough that I'm pretty sure Beck is more than capable of running that system uh, with his own tweaks to it. The fact that we're keeping him uh, also helps in the Lenora Sellers category. Um, yes. It, which I think was it South Carolina that's come sniffing around lately for him. Yeah, South Carolina. So if we can if we can keep him in the in the signed uh i think what do we have one more week until we can officially call him signed no it's, it's more it's december 21st what is early signing day yeah that's not that early year. anymore <laughs> it's late this year yeah. yeah um and we'll have more from more from all that on the site as as uh signing day gets closer but um yeah an a is an a is a loss but also does beck have a better gauge on you know, uh, play calling or was, was a bit of what an or, uh, an A's crazy schemes were part of being, uh, part of being with Beck. Who knows until, until we start seeing a couple snaps. It's going to be interesting to see because, because even though two guys might've been like traveling together for the past, what has it been now? Nine seasons that they've been together. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Like they still might have, different philosophies when it comes to offensive play calling. It, yeah. it, it might not differ that much, but Beck, I've, from what I've understand, hasn't called offensive plays before. So, although he's developed some pretty good quarterbacks in his time as a college assistant, you know, taking that step up is another thing. It worked out well for Tony White when he stepped up from being a D-backs coach to a defensive coordinator with Syracuse. Um, so time will tell if Beck can make that transition. I, I, I everything and right now is, tells me that Syracuse fans should have the confidence that he can make that transition. So, well, and that's uh, the I guess the difference too with White is he at least had uh, some interim time with, or, or was it even a one year stand with Arizona no, State? No, it was it was one game. Was it just one game? Yeah, it was the bowl game that Arizona State played. Oh, okay. So he had the Nick Monroe going. Yes. Gotcha. Whereas, um, I believe, is it next year to be Beck's first game being called will be what? Colgate or Western Michigan? 
think it's Western Michigan, is it not? Uh, I don't know. I, I think don't. either way, it's uh, it's going to be against a team he should be able to out game plan. Uh, September second, Colgate Raiders. It always comes down to scheduling, doesn't it? Yep. So we get. I guess. I guess that on the good note of two new coordinators, your first uh, your first games are Colgate and then Western Michigan, and then you travel to Purdue. <laughs> it's it's not North Carolina and Pitt on the road, right? <laughs> so yeah um at least there's some semblance and then after you figure out what went right or wrong against purdue you get to follow that up with army and and syracuse lucks out because purdue's bringing in an entirely new staff as well right including a new quarterback and not a new or not uh what's his face not that, Jones. that's it <laughs> i was like the guy who the guy who caught eight thousand passes for eight thousand yards against us mm-hmm. um so yeah, no. That if you're going to have a Big Ten uh, test, I would say that's probably the right one. Hopefully, you would think so. Yeah, uh, outside of Northwestern, you know them notwithstanding. I mean, the Syracuse and Northwestern play in football. I think sports media as a whole would collapse. Yeah, yeah. I think it did the last time they played. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no the 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 journalism bowl would be uh, the mm-hmm. apocalypse as we know it for ESPN. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't know anything else we want to touch on quick on this, or we. I, I do want to touch on what Andy uh, was uh, tweeting out last night because it it um it really um is a point that I want to like explore more and probably write about sometime next week. Um. Um, the basically on the world ranking order of where Syracuse is in terms, we kind of touched on it with Tony White as well. Is that Syracuse to Nebraska for same position? Yeah, is an upgrade move. Yeah. So, what that means for Syracuse fans is, and it always comes back to this is where scheduling again becomes really important because if Syracuse has more of these years, the coordinators and assistants are more likely to stay around because six and six is going to be known as normal instead of extraordinary. Right. Seven and five for bigger programs and for a lot of Syracuse fans where they want to be that bigger program, seven and five is an average year. Right. And shouldn't be means for an exodus of the coaching staff for greener pastures. Well, so if you're going to pay them, yes, that's it. And I guess that's what it always comes down to. Mm-hmm. Well, it does come down to that, yes, but it also comes down to basically like program viability and pro. Not in terms, not what I. That's not the right word. Program viability, like sustainability. Not sustainability. It's like you will have how others how others see your program. Okay. Yeah, basically. like the public perception of what yeah, Syracuse pu- is. That's what it is. Program perception. There you go. Yeah, that's what that's the word I'm looking for. Because if you schedule correctly and and grow consistent, like Dino Babers has always wanted this program to be consistently good, then if you consistently go six and six you're less likely to lose the good assistance that you have. And that's where Syracuse 
should start aiming for in order to start building its back way back up the footballing ladder that the fans so desperately want Syracuse to do. Yeah. No, and I guess one thing that could drastically offset the ladder, uh, or the the climbing the rungs, would be if uh, the rumor that Dino Babers uh, heading to Purdue uh, or is on the short list of people at Purdue came to fruition. Well, well I don't think he's actually been like here. Here's where everything everybody is like throwing this all out of proportion mm-hmm. because it's only one re- it's only one report, and it wasn't even a report. It was an opinion piece, I think, mainly, from yeah. what I could gather from Bruce Feldman. Um, I don't have the athletic subscription, so I didn't read the article, but Bruce Feldman like basically had Dino Babers as an interesting candidate yeah. that uh, for Purdue, but I don't. I haven't seen anything else from any other every everything rep- reputable organization or yeah. reputable local reporter saying that there's been significant interest. Everything else that's uh, come out has programs. been very much um, referencing the Feldman thing. Yes. So it's one of and those. And, and it seemed more like an opinion piece of like, yeah. you know, oh, here's interesting candidates for Purdue, like something we would do. Well, and we're used I, to this in the we probably are going to do for like the DC, uh, the DC job if Nick yeah. Monroe isn't going to be promoted to that. We're, um, you and I are both very well uh, versed in this from the soccer world where – uh, like Kevin mentioned, an agent probably floated that out there to somebody, or you know, mm-hmm. technically there is there there is a connection. I mean, there's options out there, but like, it, it seems like some something that's designed to drum up, uh, dis, drum Plus. up the discussion while there's not much actual substance behind it. Yes. Of like, hey, let's play this for an extension, maybe. Yeah. Which. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm torn. I'm torn on the extension just because of the ability to recruit as a lame duck. Um, yeah. The the thing with it is if if they bandied about for an extension and they actually gave him an extension, it needs to be on a deal with uh, you know a, enough break glass in case of emergency, like no buyout, no nothing. Like you know. Uh, the, the the problem with that is that. Because you already set the precedent of the first contract extension you gave Babers, yeah, he's going to expect as, at minimum the same. He's going to expect at least the minimum, but also, you know, is he going to get something better somewhere else? That too. And will this, you know, there's I'm sure there's ways to negotiate it where uh, we'll give you an extension on paper, and if something actually changes and you do improve do things, we actually know how much. Kevin, how many years Babers has left? Is it one or two? I want to say two. I think Kevin mentioned something the other week when he was on the pod um, that it was, it was the ten million was prior to the last two years of the contract, or something like that. So he's got two years left. So it does give Syracuse a bit of leeway because you don't want to go into, especially after this season. Mm-hmm. It, it would really ha- – if, if Babers makes another bowl next season, I think it makes it a little bit easier for Syracuse. Right. But if um, – but the, we can we can start really getting into the contract extension like business yep. if Babers has another losing season because then the 24-25 season turns into Scott Schaefer's 15-16 season. Exactly. Where there's no – it's, it's literally just – 
consistently setting the program backwards. Yeah, it's fish or cut bait at that point. Yep, not great. Mm -hmm. um, so if Babers makes another bull, then I think contract extension is a more likely thing on the table. Yeah, and especially coming out of whatever mess he's going to have to fight himself out of with these yes coaching because hires. especially especially if he fights himself out of this mess yep of if he can successfully hire another coordinator and this is all on the preface system beck is being promoted right to offensive coordinator um if he can and also on the preface that monroe isn't getting promoted to dc coordinator right if he if babers can find another coordinator and that has the same effect that tony white did then then that's absolutely worthy of a contract extension because he will have done that twice. Yeah. Yeah, he's if he's able to find the right people, then yeah. That's that's half the job. It was of a, a ball, head it was coach. a ballsy enough move to like break away from his like, you know, Ohana family mm -hmm. coaching tree. And so if you can do that more and again. Yeah. And the last the last piece he, he of that left he deserves is, a lot of kudos. I think Chris Acuff is the last one left. And then the strength strength and conditioning. Yes, it's Acuff and then strength and conditioning. I mean, well, I mean strength and conditioning is another story that Yeah, I think we we'll could, be we you'll could, be seeing many we, seeing we could posts. spend we could spend eons on strength and conditioning. Oh, to give uh listeners a preview of something that we've been looking into, uh just a a ballpark of the staffing. Oh, no. oh God! So we're looking into staffing of uh, us versus uh, other programs, and I'm I'm currently going through the ACC. Uh, bless you guys for doing this work because I probably would have just gotten an aneurysm looking at these numbers. Yeah. Um. If if I were to tell you that Syracuse has 42 full time staff working on football, how many would you think that Clemson had? Well, I know what I know what we started this discussion with. So, based on that, I'm going to guess Clemson in its entirety has 70. No. More. Oh, wonderful. 84. They literally oh. double us up. Oh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh if that if that goes to tell anyone on the pod, uh just in general, the the yeah, differential. All that, all that money, all that money that it could be spent on additional staffing is going towards making sure students don't fail first. Mm -hmm. Yep. Combination of well, oh uh, yeah, I, I further broke it down because of course I did. Um, oh, of course. Mm -hmm. For Clemson, 20, 20 of them, which that's uh, so eleven plus four, so fifteen full time coaches and GAs. That's what you're allowed. And then beyond that, um, so 15 out of our 42 is th th 28? 27. 27. 27. Yes, 27. Sorry. So of so we have 27 other people working on football. Clemson has 20 coaching-related staff alone. And then another seven recruiting staff, 14 strength and conditioning staff, eight AV staff, 20 admin and academics and other... So AV is in video plus, uh, you know, marketing, graphics, all that sort of stuff. Like the the promotional uh, media, media plus, um, but, you know, video coordinators, that sort of thing. Solely for solely Correct. for football. Those are solely for football. They are listed literally on their football staff page, or in the staff directory as football. And think about it for Syracuse, 
that uh, that same amount of people are doing it for pretty much the whole program. Uh, not the whole program, for the whole athletic department. Oh, no, I can tell you. We have three. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So just to give people a gauge for the, the disparity between when we talk about the facilities and the budget Clemson and all has that. Seven, seven people dedicated to making content for football. Uh, eight. Eight, excuse me, eight people dedicated to making content for football. Right, be it video directors and, or uh, like graphical whatever, yeah. Syracuse has three for the entire athletic department. Yep, uh, no, that's three for football. Oh, three for football. So okay. there might be more beyond, but I just yeah. I was just going off of what was listed on the football pages of the the staff sites. Um, the other so so when Pete when we talk about Tony White taking a move to Nebraska, Nebraska's budget is a hell of a lot closer to Clemson than it is to Syracuse. Yep. So you can see where that money is, and it ain't here. No. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it it's kind of been eye opening to look at some of these because like. UNC, 11 coaching-related staff. Uh, NC State has seven other seven AV staff. Uh, Miami has 20 strength and conditioning, athletic training, and nutrition staff. God, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, it would. So we have five, six, seven. Seven, and no nutrition staff. Um, I'm glad we brought up the nutrition stuff um, earlier this week, which is something yeah. we really should get into a bit more. So so I've made it through Notre Dame, which uh, I think there's some that aren't listed on Notre Dame's because they're only showing Are we 53. counting Notre Dame in this? <laughs> I just did for the exercise. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like the only right now, the only team I've found with less staff than us is Georgia Tech. For understandable reasons. Right. And BC because they don't list anything on their website. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations to them. Yep. So they have their coaches and their assistants, and that is it. Ah. Um, well, we have the, the audience. If you're listening to this today, tune in at uh, 6 o'clock for mm-hmm. – uh, since, since we have to be a football and football podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 6 o'clock, the Orange are taking on Creighton in the College Cup semifinals. So tune in to watch Creighton's offense try and run at Syracuse's defense. I think that's on ESPNU. It is on the U. So um, I I can't believe at 6 o'clock they couldn't get top billing on, like, the deuce or something. But whatever. I mean, even the finals are only on the U. I'm actually interested now. I'm going to look that up. What's the TV programming on the deuce? Hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we'll we'll have something going live uh, about 2 o'clock for like a game thread and I'll try and throw, I'm going to try and throw a little preview in there and uh, we can go from there and see, see what happens. Here's to hoping that uh, coach Mack and the boys bring it down. Should be very good. It's coming home. Hopefully. Also, Uh, the U does have uh, ESPN two during that time does have uh, FCS quarterfinals. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. I'll give you at least that. A reasonable thing to be pumped for. Six o'clock confused me. I was like, what mm-hmm. What could be going on at six? Yeah. But I guess that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I guess. You got anything else you want to touch on now? Or should no, we we'll have send this to the printers? On, we'll have a lot more on Sunday. Uh, for, we'll have a lot more on Sunday uh, regarding this stuff because 
you know Andy's going to have opinions, and we're going to we'll we'll definitely bounce off those as well. Oh yeah, Craigler will definitely have opinions. So uh, feel free to join us Sunday at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Um, <laughs> I get do you confused. Have an did you have a momentary existential crisis about, uh, our, about our usual podcast time? Anyone who has a five year old understands that time is just a fluid constant. Um, so yeah, uh, is it a constant? It, it's it is and isn't at the same time. Time just okay, is. It just exists, man. Good. So so yeah, uh, join us at eight o'clock. Uh, Pregler should be back, and we'll have more more info, more thoughts, more concerns. Uh, probably, well, I, actually, this time I know Pregler hasn't been sitting under a rock, so we can't get his instant reaction. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll be talking more about it. We'll be actually be able to tell you who won the College Cup at that point too. So uh, not yet. Isn't that Sunday at? Uh, no, it's Monday. Oh, Monday. Okay. Yeah. Well, so much for that. But uh, if you, yeah, just uh, you know, like, subscribe, do the usual. Uh, we'll show up in your podcast feeds at uh, at any point. If you want to leave us a review, it helps us expand the Ottoman Empire. And uh, go orange. Go orange. <laughs>